Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Good day, wherever you are. You are at the right place. We are right here with you. This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Act, action, and cultural transformation. This is what we do here today and every day. This is my partner, Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey. We're going to hit it with a, a kind of an irritating team member, or possibly potentially could be an irritating colleague who uh, is working for you on your team that just seems to be overstepping their bounds, taking more under their uh, their control than they ought to. And what about these people that seem to be particularly ambitious? Not that ambitious is a bad thing. It's a great thing, in fact. We encourage it. It can develop, you know, really sense of merit, earning it, rather than just feeling that you're owed, right, Rich? We don't want people to feel that they're they're owed, that they're really earning it. This may be a person who's a little bit overly ambitious in the wrong way and a little bit sneaky. A little bit sneaky, a little underhanded, maybe. Yeah. And that, that very well could be it. And a lot of times we're, we're talking about these team members. And we've all been on teams. Those who listen out there, team leaders, whoever. We've seen those people who try to kind of start to take over a little bit. They want they want things done their way. They start seeing someone else's work on the team as something that is not up to their standards, or even your work's not up to their standards. So they start to do it for you. Those sort of things. So our 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 conversation really is is going to be about how to recognize that and what to do about it. Really what to do about it and and how does how to really set those initial uh rules up that're going to help you define how the team works. There is a book called The Gift of Fear. I don't remember who wrote it. This guy was a consultant. In fact, he's got to build a whole business about yeah. consulting about this idea of the gift of fear. And it really, what he trains you to do is to override the way the culture has taught you to behave and override the way culture has taught you to think and to perceive. And what it fundamentally comes down to, if you feel a danger signal coming from somebody, trust your gut. Don't attempt to explain it away. Don't attempt to say, well, that's no big deal. That's not what they meant. This is what they meant. He gives incidences for, and this is, we, we read the, the newspaper and so on. Woman's coming home after work. Her arms are loaded with groceries. She's going uh, up to her apartment or her condo. She's there in the lobby waiting for the elevator. And guy just happens to step up 
And he's going to, it looks like he's going to yell in the elevator too. And then something goes off inside of her and says, this is not good. This isn't good. That spidey sense, right? Yeah, exactly. And what we're trained to do is to ignore that spidey sense, that kind of primitive brain going, something's not right here. I can't tell you what it is exactly, but I'm setting off an alarm bell in your head. I hope you pay attention to it. And almost always, I will say this, almost every freaking time that gut is right because the the gut is all about keeping you safe and keeping you alive. Yes, yes. Some some sort of colleague or team member that's starting to do this kind of stuff, check your gut first. And if your gut is saying, no, it's cool, you're really all right, not your head, not your heart, but your gut is saying, this person's okay, I feel cool with this person, Uh, then you're probably going to be okay. However, if your gut's saying, something's off, something's wrong. Yeah. This is, I'm getting, I'm picking, your, your gut is picking up some sort of vibe that your intellectual brain is either one is not picking up or is overriding. Yeah. That'd be the first place as, as we go through this, I'd say that keep that in mind, trust your gut because of all the things we're going to be telling you here. If your gut's telling you right from the get go, back this one off, back this one off. And you're going to be doing what you're going to be doing is finding the ways to back that person off, man, woman. Yeah. Get them back. Yeah. So let's go through what it means when a colleague takes over. Good grief. What about this guy? Or this gal? <laughs> what about this this person? Um, here's here's the thing. Every, when you put a team together, whether it's a, a work team or one you've put together to solve a problem or, or, or you know, a, a cross-functional team, whatever it is, everybody on that team needs to learn to respect everybody else on that team respect their their everybody else's strengths their abilities why they're on that team and uh what they can contribute um and a lot of times you see these people when they start to take over we call them perfectionists whatever it could be they see in these other team members that they're simply not up to par up to their standards not that they're up not up to par but they're just simply not up to my standards i don't believe that they can do it and so we see these people starting to step in and maybe, you know, kind of kind of starting to nudge their way in just a little bit. And going back to those spiders. These, the the yeah. these people would be really nice. Just yes, so you they know. Will. These are the, yes, they will. doing it nice. Yeah. You know, nice. So they've got the smiley face with the dagger behind them. That's but right. They're, they're not, I'm here to help you. I really am. And part of those spidey senses are going to tell you about these people. And don't ignore that. You need to nip that or or maybe f- even even before things get going down and down the road, need to nip that. But here's the here's the thing, Michael, I'm gonna tell you. You know, th- and this goes to that number one, that objectively assessing the situation is exactly what you said. Those spidey senses, those gut feelings that something's taking over, something's not right, maybe with this person. And that's when you really need to address that situation right up front. And maybe yeah, have a, just a conversation. At that point, it's not about conflict. And at that point, it's not about anything else. And it shouldn't be about conflict. It should be about addressing the situation. It should be about uh, boundaries. Boundaries, absolutely. Understanding the the structure that has been put in place in the organization. 
And part of that is as you're assessing here, you know, okay, let's assess the situation. Um, it's interesting. Those people that have really good boundaries, oftentimes new leaders, emerging leaders, uh, leaders who are still learning, do not necessarily have good boundaries. You know, they get along well with people. They can, they can perform well. And then when they hit somebody who is, uh, you might say, you're talking about a perfectionist who thinks that they are morally better than you. Yes. Or uh, somebody who's very, very competitive. Uh, they get, you know, got a lot of emotional energy to go out there and get things done. Or somebody who's an achiever, somebody who really drives really, really hard. That's probably what you're looking at. If you've got some knowledge about who is this person, what may be their motivation? What is that about? Yeah. So it's it's not just, you know, what's going on. It's like, who is this person? Again, that's that kind of gut level going on. Yeah. And you're, in, you're engaging your intellect. And then that conversation becomes more about, so I saw you were uh, making some comments about the way we did things in our last team uh, meeting, and you had some kind of things that don't quite go along with what we normally do or what we stand for, uh, but you're pretty uh, vociferous about this. Would you like to tell me about it? Have that conversation. Have that conversation. And find out what it's all about. You know, you may be, there may be some underlying things going on that you're not aware of, that you should be. Yeah. What does it want? Where's that itch that they want scratched? Yeah. And is this the place for it to get scratched? Right. Is there something else? You talked about sometimes people have had those kinds of things happen to them, and now they're kind of walking wounded. They're attempting to figure out, you know, how do I get back up so that I don't allow this to happen again? So. I feel like I was in a job previously where I where I was made to look incompetent or inadequate. So now I want to turn that around and show, demonstrate that I am competent and that I am adequate. And in the process, they may overcompensate. Overcompensate. Absolutely. They come in with both barrels blazing, right? Because this time they don't want to be perceived as weak. They yeah. don't want to be perceived as incompetent. And, you know, they're they they they're overstepping their bounds simply because of something that happened to them previously that they don't want to let happen again exactly so right there that starts to tell you instead of uh alignment with the team the organization's objectives and missions they've got their own agenda yes there's that first point of dissonance so what is this about what are you what are you doing here what do you want why are you doing what you're doing that's that assessment starts to happen there. You know, asking again, that's, you know, asking yourself why it's happening. That's that self-assessment, right? You know, why is this happening? One of the things that we can do or should be done even before this happens in a way to avoid this altogether is to have rules of engagement, right? A team charter. And it's not something just a team lead comes up with but it's also something that's agreed upon by the team itself this is how we're going to handle things you know we're not going to overstep each other's bounds uh you know when 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 people start doing that that trust erodes anyway then the team's got problems you know that if that trust starts there you go there you go there you go yeah yeah this whole thing about what does it mean to this team yeah to be respected Yes. What does it mean to this team to be supported? Yep. What does it mean to this team to be trusted? 
what does it mean to this team to be valued? Yeah. And with and then you're starting to set those team norms, those expectations as you talked about. And then how do we show that? How do we know when we've crossed that boundary? How yeah. do we know when we've gone too far? How do we then confront it, deal with it, right. and get people back in line? That's what that stuff is really all about. When you take a look, it's it's a really kind of a very deep human need level. Yeah. Here's something you just said, you know, to confront that. Conflict resolution is one of those things that is an absolute must in teams. You need to be able to resolve conflict. But this is the one thing you need to start watching out for in conflict resolution is when it starts to go beyond the ideas of the team go beyond solving the issues of the team when it starts to become personal when you start to hear personal you know jabs or things like that or you know things coming across like you're not qualified you know any of those type of comments that's when you know it's it's crossed the line and you, you so you need to ask yourself why is that happening did you set clear ground rules clear rules of engagement does and does everybody sign it? Here's another good thing: have people sign a team charter. These are our rules. These are our ground rules. Sign underneath. We all understand it. We all agree to this. So, and that's you know, just there are ways to avoid this before it even happens. Yeah, and once people really pick that up, there's there is a feeling that the team actually communicates without actually having to say anything. Things right. are just kind of understood. I mean, that's part of that million brain and brain yeah. mirroring and all that kind of stuff that people just kind of pick up. These are the norms. This is what we do. This is how yeah. we do it. All that kind of stuff. And people can come in and question it. That's okay to question it. It's when they assume power unto themselves. Yeah. That's where it starts to get sticky. Yeah. And then if they're also being duplicitous about it, saying, you know, when it's really, this is my agenda, but you know, I'm really doing this for you. Now they start this gaslighting process that starts making yeah. everybody crazy. Yes. And everybody feels it and, and, and feels it instinctively and knows what's going on. And so that, again, that whole thing of assessing it from that intellectual uh, brain of really being able to say, okay, it's this, this, and this, and making those distinctions is a huge deal. The other thing I like in this particular, this uh, article we're looking at, who's it by its, uh, by Indeed, is this the one that's by Indeed? Indeed, yes, it's, it is. It's yes, from Indeed, yeah. From the UK, I think it was from the UK. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is know your worth. Now, I think this is a big deal because oftentimes young leaders, emerging leaders, um, you know, they haven't been, you know, knocked down a few times and found their way to get back up and been around the block a few times to understand how everything's really, how it really is played. Uh, they have not taken the time to go and figure out what their worth is. No. And this is when we talk about that inner core. What is your worth? And we're not talking about in terms of only your performance. We're talking about what it is that you bring, the kind of leader you are, the kind of person you are that adds value to the team and to the organization. A lot of people just aren't aware of this. They know they're not. The work. And so that being the case, what happens in a lot of ways is people start to be chasing that title. And thinking the the only way they can get up that leadership or get someone to recognize them is to become like that spotlight, right? Or they start stepping over the tops of other people to really show their worth. 
And I think that goes back to what we talked about last week. Well, I, it's not, I think, I know this does. This goes back to what we talked about last week about the MLEI, about finding out who you are internally, what's your inner core made of. What is what kind of value and strengths can you really bring to the table without becoming overbearing? Be without be, you know, kind of ready, shoot, aim type behavior. Yeah. It's a, it's a very solid confidence base in who it is that you are. Yes. What it is that you bring to something, what it is that you do, what it is that you do well. Uh, and that, and again, there's a lot of people in, in top leadership positions who have not done this kind of work. Oh, yeah. So they, absolutely. They, yeah, they lead from fear. They lead from a fear of losing, losing respect or losing, you know, uh, adherence from those that follow them. They fear, you know, losing in the position they, they have and they worry about what other people think and, yeah. you know, can they, are they themselves adequate? You know, they, they have all that stuff. And so they're leading out of fear. So they're going to attract people. Yeah. That will also be ruled by yeah. fear. Yeah. That's where you get that whole thing that starts to trickle down and just do it because he said so. Here's the interesting thing, too, is we're not just talking about new team members here. This kind of behavior can happen from the newly hired employee all the way to the CEO. Guys that are taking advantage of their teams, people who are taking advantage of their teams and trying to become that disruptive individual. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, not even, well, if they do realize they're doing it, there's those that realize there's, and they're, like you said before, there might be some who don't realize it, don't realize what they're doing. Simply because yeah, they, they haven't be been taught people. better. Yeah, it can be that way. Yeah. And they, maybe they're just not cognitive of it. Some level they yeah. are aware that they're doing. They're not, they just probably not connected all the dots yeah. to see what that is all about for them because somewhere in their, mushy brain, you might say, the convoluted yeah. thinking, uh, they've come up with the reason why that's okay. Many times they recognize that it's not okay, but for them in this situation, even though it's wrong overall, it's somehow it's still okay for them to do it. It's still okay, yes. For them. For them. And those, yeah, <laughs> there are, and so, yeah, oh, you're one of those now. That kind of people who, yeah, wake up in the morning and their why statement is, who can I screw up today? What team can, what can I do today to disrupt the team? And unfortunately, there are people like that. There are people out there like that. They will make a career out of it. Yes, they will. So you got to talk to them. And uh, the other thing is, so see, in a funny way, those kind of people are counting on you being too nice to say anything. Just thinking, well, they're just too nice. They won't say anything. It's kind of a passive aggressive move, sneaky move that, they're doing against that person. And they're hoping that you don't have enough guts to stand up to them and say, Hey, what's going on? Let's meet. And uh, even if they do, they think that they can kind of, you know, put enough frosting over it. So you don't notice that, you know, they're giving you damaged cupcakes, you know, rather than the the real thing. And then they think that will be good enough. And you probably won't say anything again, but if it does happen again, more than ever, you got to speak up and call them out. Yep. Call it out and, and uh, you, you know, the your best leaders, I'm telling you, the best leaders will do two things. One, they'll do it in co- private conversations. Hey, no way to agreement. You weren't going to do this. You did it again. Oh, I didn't mean that. No, you probably did. Let's be honest here. And then the other way is they have a way of doing it. Even in front of other people. 
that doesn't embarrass them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They can call it out in a way that doesn't embarrass them. You know, you know, uh, Roy, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, it's not what we do. You understand. Let's, let's keep going here. And that's just that little nudge. It's the whole thing, you know, with yeah. with the horses. If you watch horses and you see one of them acting out, that mare will go over and give him a little nudge. Won't kick into the teeth. Just yeah. give it a little nudge. Hey, boy, got a choice. You're out. You're out of balance here. Let's get back in. And so, you know, mammals are smart animals, and it's just and and what you're looking for, will they take the nudge? And if they don't, then you got to have a more significant conversation. Absolutely. So, what can people do, Michael, to really nip this in the bud? Well, the first thing is you got to you got to take action on. It. Maybe watch it a little bit, but don't yep. let that go on too long. Take a look at what the team's playing on this whole thing, seeing how they're responding, how they're acting. Go talk to them individually, see what they're noticing, see what their what their feelings are. Yep. Know that oftentimes people don't want to make things uncomfortable for other people, so they'll play it safe. They'll play it neutral. Know those people. Know those people on their team. You're they're good employees. They're good at what they do. And uh, they're valuable, but they just may not have a whole lot of guts to speak up about something for whatever reason. You know, realize that that's who they are, respect that, and then go talk to the other ones. But somewhere it's inside of you, leader, that you've got to know what's real, what's really going on, and have the confidence to, to know it, to look at it, to deal with it, and to address it. Now, you may want to go to your manager or somebody else up the ladder there. Say, hey, let me tell you what's going on. I want to keep you informed with such and such employee. We're having a little bit of discussions. They're doing this and doing that. So if you've got any insights and you want to do any powwow here with you, me, and them or whatever it is, you know, if you have a meeting with them, I want to be on it so that I know what you said. I don't get a different story from them later. Right. Uh, Let's see what we can work it out. And uh, hopefully we can work it out. Otherwise, um, I'm not going to put up with this. They got to play within the the guidelines of what we all do because if everybody's doing that, what do we have? We have a mess. Yeah, we oh, absolutely have a mess. And then what happens? Productivity goes down the tubes. Problem solving goes down the tubes. And future trust goes down the tubes. Absolutely, good point. Future yeah. trust is lost. Yeah. So, if you're having these kind of conflicts with some team members. Maybe what you ought to take a look at is what's going on, what's set up in the culture itself. Have you set up the parameters, the guidelines, you know, for a healthy culture to work and to operate and to thrive. And if you don't know how to do that, let's be very honest here, at least 80% don't know how to do that. 80% of companies really don't know how to do it. There may be 30% that think that they do. Maybe, kind of, we're not sure, but we think we do. That may be a little bit of, you know, pencil whip in it. But uh, if that's going on and you just can't let it get out of hand, you may need to reach out and say, let's get some people to help us do some assessments, have discussions, some training about what's actually going on to help you better relationships, better working conditions in terms of how you interact and work with each other. Let's figure it out. I'll tell you one thing. I think you know this as well. When you start bringing in uh, that kind of training, into an organization, those rotten apples identify themselves like they just set themselves oh, like in a firecracker. Yeah. They don't even realize that they have identified themselves as the problem. Yeah. 
though it's not going to be a, a matter they're going to hide it. They're going to they're going to parade it. Oh, and absolutely. That, and it usually comes out in the first or second meetings. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So don't worry about it. Them getting away with it. If anything, by bringing the experts in to help you. Yeah. They'll be able to slice that a little through a lot more quickly and they help you understand what's going on, why they're doing it and what your options are. Save yourself a whole, you know, not only in terms of, you know, if you think about it this way, not only in terms of the headaches now and all the agitation and upset and all the drama, but it will save you the damage that these people do to people long term. You won't, you yeah. won't be walking off that ghost in your head that says, what the heck happened? Yeah. And here's the thing, too. If you are leaders in organizations and you know this is going on and you're not doing something to help those people, it's your fault. Are you really a leader? Are you really a leader? There you go. Are you just an enabler? Yep. Yeah, how do they get a hold of us? Second part. Yeah, yeah. How do they get a hold of us? MichaelBailey.com. M-A-I-K-E-L Bailey.com. RichBaronExecutiveCoaching.com. And we're also on LinkedIn. You can find us there. Um, So reach out. Let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation about this. And we would love to help you. We would love to get to know you and um, see what we can do to make things better for you. Absolutely. Keep it the great work out there, leaders. Keep helping people to improve themselves, who they are, who they are as employees and as 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 uh, people. Yeah. Uh, In all ways, great leaders do that. People walk away having worked with with great leaders saying, I'm a better person. Yeah. Because I knew this individual and I worked with them. And, they, and I will always remember that. Yeah. That's an important thing. Absolutely. How you want to be. That's the gal you want to be. So until then, leaders lead well. Take care. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.